This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with the news first, the headlines. EU member countries approved Romania's and Bulgaria's gradual Schengen accession. The year 2024 begins with price rises for fuels and foodstuffs as well as certain services, and nearly 24,000 interior ministry employees are on duty during the New Year's holiday, which ends on January the 2nd. The EU Council voted unanimously in favor of Romania's and Bulgaria's gradual accession to the passport-free Schengen area, after Austria, the last member countries opposing the measure, lifted its veto. As of March 2024, air and maritime border checks with these two countries will be abolished, with Austria, Bulgaria and Romania committing to also agree on a deadline for ending land border checks. The decision also comprises measures to tighten border checks and fighting illegal migration, so that Romania and Bulgaria will continue to receive substantial financial support and assistance from Frontex. The year 2024 begins with price rises for fuels and foodstuffs, as well as for some services. For traditional organic food and foodstuffs, made in mountain regions, the VAT went up from 5 to 9 percent. Excises are also raised for tobacco, alcohol and soft drinks with high sugar content. Also, certain micro-enterprises will have to pay higher taxes on turnover, with tax increases also in place for banks, hotels and restaurants. Housing costs will also be higher as the VAT in the real estate sector goes up from 5 to 9 percent for units worth up to 120,000 euros. Close to 24,000 interior ministry staff are on duty during the four-day New Year's holiday, which ends on January the 2nd, while road traffic is monitored by 360 radar speed guns and DUI check teams. Also, around 5,000 firefighters are on duty every day around the country to provide emergency assistance if necessary. The border police also took steps to enhance border monitoring and to streamline vehicle and person transit at checkpoints. Meanwhile, the authorities announced having seized over 100 tons of fireworks kits and opening more than 500 criminal investigations in this respect, and have once again called on parents not to buy firecrackers for their children, as such materials may be extremely dangerous. And that was the news. A 
As the new year is getting closer, we think back at what 2023 meant for each of us, but also for our endeavor as a nation, the President of Romania, Klaus Johannes, said in his traditional New Year's address. With the war still going on at its borders, Romania has remained a safe country in spite of these times of deep distress and profound uncertainties. We are a NATO member country, we have the most substantial security guarantees in history, and as such, each of us is sheltered from any possible threat, the head of state added. He also pointed out that we have managed to keep a stable government in place, which continued to modernize the major public systems, from education to healthcare to infrastructure and administration. In his opinion, Romania has a sound economy and has strengthened its energy independence, among other things by using green technologies that protect the environment. At the end of the year, let us look towards the future with optimism and confidence, Klaus Johannes also said. We have huge potential for development and the 2024 election year will present us with opportunities that will shape the fate of our country. This is why, in order to succeed in turning Romania into the country we all want, it is vital for us to exercise our right to vote in all the election rounds to come, the president emphasized. At the end of his message, Klaus Johannes called on Romanians to welcome the year 2024 with hope and with the belief that together they can overcome any obstacle in the spirit of unity and solidarity and wish them a happy new year with health, joy and success. Radio Romania International once again held its annual survey of its listeners and internet and social media users to find out the 2023 Personality of the Year. That person is Antonio Guterres, the United Nations Secretary-General. This is how Krista Brunström from Sweden justified his nomination. It is really hard to find a person who has really contributed to the creation of a better world this year. Most of the people who have dominated the news have done just the opposite. However, after careful consideration, I propose Antonio Guterres, the Secretary-General of the United Nations. He has been a strong voice asking for the end of armed conflicts and wars of aggression, and he has also stressed the need to address climate change. Sadly, it seems most world leaders don't listen to him. While Malik Momin Raza Kokal from Pakistan said, His commitment to diplomacy and international cooperation left an indelible mark on the world stage, making him a symbol of hope and progress in the pursuit of global harmony. In terms of number of nominations among Radio Romania International's listeners, Guterres was followed by Pope Francis and the Iranian human rights activist and Nobel Peace winner Narges Mohammadi. Our listeners also nominated journalists from around the world who are opposed to the war, especially in Ukraine and Gaza, and who continue to provide accurate coverage, risking their lives, as well as the Palestinian people and the victims of the war in the Gaza Strip. The world leaders proposed for Radio Romania International Personality of the Year included Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, King Charles III, Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the mayor of the Romanian city of Timisoara, Dominic Fritz. Also nominated were the American singer and social activist Taylor Swift and the TV presenter from Afghanistan, Hossai Ahmadzai. 
This is Radio Romania International. Roots. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Roots. I'm Cristina Matescu. Today we will talk about New Year's traditions in Romania. The New Year's Eve party is perhaps the most intensely celebrated event in the calendar. Regardless of the time zone or culture, New Year's Eve is celebrated in festive fashion all over the world. Meeting family or friends or even being outdoors are a reason for great excitement. In some regions of Romania, ancient traditions are still kept when it comes to spending New Year's Eve. Old customs are preserved here unaltered, and the dinner table around which the family members gather is a ritual in itself. Sabina Ispas, the director of the Constantin Brailoyu Institute of Ethnography and Folklore in Bucharest, explains. New Year's Eve is characterized by a series of ceremonial and festive actions. One such example is called the plough, and its initial meaning was the idea of protection, of blessing. One such example is the performance called the plough, and its initial meaning was the idea of protection, of blessing, while forming part of the overall festive celebration of the great holiday, with caroling being a distinctive ritual. The last custom in the winter celebrations is the caroling on the Feast of St. John. People in traditional communities still believe that New Year's Eve can provide access to the divine realm. In folk beliefs, the messages passed on to people at the special moments in the calendar, the major holidays, are considered to be the only truly important ones, both for the community in question and for each individual. This isn't about divination, but rather a sign that comes from beyond. Sabina Ispas is back with more details. Christmas and New Year's Eve are linked to the tradition of the opening of the skies. This has to do, in fact, with the perception, understanding and acceptance of the act of theophany. Divinity in all its might would descend on the earth and the people. That is why they call it the opening of the skies because God could communicate directly with his creation, man. At these special moments, when the skies open, people can find out some of the things that can befall them during the year that is about to begin. It's not about divination, as is commonly believed, but about a message that God passes on to people at a time when he can have unmediated contact with them. While in the city the controversial firework shows are meant to put behind the year that is about to end and are found today all over the world, Romanian villages still resound with the sound of whip-cracking, drums and jingle bells. The hollers performed on New Year's Eve were meant to regulate the relationships between people in order to reinstate the state of equilibrium in the new year. Let's find out more from Delia Siogan, an ethnologist from the North University in Baia Mare. Hollering across the village is still a very active custom. This ritual is targeted at young men and women who are not married yet, 
but it is not meant to criticize them, as it is sometimes wrongly assumed. These young men and women would thus become more aware of their position, accept it and overcome it. It is a form of regulation with a defensive purpose, especially for the community, because any form of unbalance for an individual is tantamount to unbalance for the whole community. The so-called reconciliation over the table also takes place at this time of the year. Everyone who had a fight will shake hands over the table on which the Christmas bread was placed and will reconcile. This period of winter holidays is very beautiful because people do feel the need for balance to be restored. The meaning of the New Year's Eve is very complex. On the one hand, it is about the so-called death of the year that comes to an end. It represents the moment of cosmic rebirth ushered in by the winter solstice. On the other hand, while the masks worn by carolers are meant to drive off evil spirits, some New Year's wishes stem from ancient fertility rituals. In Bukovina, for example, on New Year's Eve, carolers wearing masks walk the entire village. Dressed in costumes embodying various characters or fantastical creatures, they are accompanied by a group of musicians, with the villagers coming out into the street to meet them, and some of them even following them. The procession, which first goes to the centre of the village, then goes from household to household. The performers do somersaults, climb on rooftops or in trees, smear the girls with suits, and the whole atmosphere becomes carnivalesque. All this happens with the aim of restoring balance, by exposing all the problems and dilemmas that people struggled with in the old year, and which, to everyone's delight, is replaced by a new beginning. Next up in this broadcast is Song of the Day. Listen to Ami with the song Nostalgia.
You're listening to Radio Romania International. The History Show. Welcome, I'm Elena Enake. The dismantling of the colonial empires after 1945 and the opening to the whole world of the new African, Asian and South American states was the natural effect of the ideas that promoted the equality of nations and states. Romania had also oriented its foreign policy towards the countries of the Third World or the Global South. Through humanitarian aid, economic assistance and educational programs, the northern countries were trying to contribute to the removal of human tragedies from societies in conflict. But this new global openness also meant an increased movement of individuals and consequently associated health risks. As a result, Romania also sought to develop new fields of medical research, such as that of tropical diseases. But the political adversity between socialist countries, former democratic countries that had been occupied by the Soviet Union after 1945 and transformed into repressive regimes, and the free Western countries also impacted scientific research. Historian Bogdan Christian Jakob wrote about the development of the field of tropical diseases in Romania before 1989. He spoke about one of the differences noted during the 1960s between socialist countries, Romania included, and the West. This can also be found in the writings of Dr. Ludovic Bogun, one of the most important Romanian specialists in tropical diseases. Bogdan Christian Jakob. The role of Western experts in tropical medicine was minimized, although the 1974 resolution of the World Health Assembly, a kind of parliament of the World Health Organization, regarding the creation of a special program for the study of tropical diseases, was a socialist initiative and one of the African countries it was in fact the West who came up with the idea of global coordination in the field. This influence of the West in the study of tropical diseases was noticed two years later by Ludovic Pogun, who participated in the first session of this special program of the World Health Organization. He noted that no socialist country had been nominated as a participant in the research. 
there was no concern for training doctors to support a long-term medical program. Poe noticed the active presence of some financial organizations and pharmaceutical companies at the meeting. He suggested that a research program be launched to secure fewer markets for the medicines that would go into production. In fact, tropical medicine had begun in the West during the colonial period, but the adversity between capitalism and socialism produced strong differences as the communist regimes considered the tropical medicine of the West too focused on technological interventions. Socialist countries proposed the analysis of social economic forms and emphasized healthcare education and putting the focus on the patient. Bogdan Christian Jakob says that the very creation of a common vocabulary was difficult. In the case of Romania, tropical medicine was not of interest in the 1960s. On the one hand, the word tropical itself was taboo. The term used was countries with a difficult climate. Another term was that of infectious diseases, much more neutral, and which allowed Romania's role in the malaria eradication program to be highlighted. Another reason why the field was marginalized is the fact that the Bucharest regime avoided getting involved in sub-Saharan Africa. The changes only starting in 1970s when Nicolae Ceaușescu saw the Global South as an economic and political alternative, both in relation with the West and socialist countries and in the perspective of access to raw materials. There are two sources that were the basis for the development of tropical medicine in Romania, one Asian and the other African. The first was the collaboration with India, Romanian doctors like Ludovic Poun benefiting from training courses there. The second was the medical assistance that Romania granted to African countries, such as Congo, Guinea, Angola and Mozambique. The cholera epidemic of 1961 reached the Balkans and the Western USSR convinced the Romanian authorities to pay great attention to the field. Important pathologists brought by asymptomatic students from Asia and Africa and Romanians who worked in countries of the Global South stimulated serology and research. In 1974, the Tropical Diseases Department was established within the Dr. Victor Babes Hospital in Bucharest. The following decade, the 1970s, also meant a change in the orientation of Romanian tropical medicine. The country was trying to build its own research model inspired neither by the West nor by the socialist camp. The 1980s were dominated by the emergence of AIDS and new challenges that opened other topics of medical, moral and political economic debate. And that was History Show. Next on Radio Romania International. 
Think Greener. Welcome to Think Greener with me, Eugen Nasta. The reported number of bears living in the forests of Europe stands at more than 22,000 specimens, of which around 17,000 are brown bears. A series of survey has revealed that at least twice as many bears live in Romania as compared to the maximum number of specimens. The preliminary results of a bear's census, based on genetic samples, have proved that in Romania thousands of bears do not have a proper habitat. The current law enables mayors and deputy mayors to take the final decision, which may translate into removing the specimens by tranquilizing or relocating them, or by extraction through euthanasia or shooting. Environment Minister Mircea Fekit has said the damage done by the bears was major. Minister Fekit went on to say bears posed a threat to the human beings, therefore efficient solutions to the problem had to be found. Environment Minister Mircea Fekit. I have never said the solution was to shoot them. It's just that we should always talk about a balance between the measures that we take, that is what the environment-related benefits those measures bring, and the ensuing costs. I do not think the sanctuary in Zarnesht can accommodate an extra number of hundreds of bears. If we decide that in Romania, we will invest the state budget in a growing number of sanctuaries for the population of bears. That could also be a point for discussion, but there's one more thing that comes to mind. I also think that at the level of the European Commission, they should have a serious discussion regarding this situation in Romania, where the population of bears is larger, most likely. And I say that because, in Baco County, I saw a bear reaching the commune of Saskut, where the forest area is rather scarce, and where people in their 70s told me they had never seen a bear there before. Then we can say there are problems with the bears. Or if, in Slanik, Moldova, also in Baco County, just to give you two examples from the place I come from, almost every night tourists receive a row alert message on their cell phones. The brown bear depends on the vast forested areas the human being has been invading more often. Romanian Environment Minister Mircea Fekit once again. In the last hundreds of years, no doubt, Romania's forest fund has been shrinking so that arable land could be claimed again and again and so that community's development could be provided which led to a limitation of habitats to an increasing amount of pressure put on the habitat. This is something that happened not only in Romania, but all over Europe. It is important that the process is a reversible one. It is important that we use money from the National Recovery and Resilience Plan in order to enlarge the National Forest Fund. We're talking about tens of thousands of hectares, actually about 56,000 hectares, which are about to be forested on land where no trees can be found today. So this process, it is one we're changing. And that was Think Greener.
Coming up next in today's broadcast, it's your music. I'm Ana Maria Popescu, and for our first encounter with Romanian pop rock music in 2024, we wish you a good year with good health and inspiration and with excellent music, which we are trying to do right now with Luna, the most recent album by the pop opera trio Distinto, launched at the Romanian Athenaeum on December the 27th with the soprano Iana Novak as a special guest. Mă privești, simt că zbor cu tine Îți spui că mă iubești Și iarna mai mult ne va uni Iar nimeni nu ne va despărți Aș vrea să spun ceva ce tu nu știi Am visat că va ninge atunci când noi ne vom iubi Privește spre cer iubita mea Coboară primii fugi de
we go on with another novelty on Radio Romania International, launched by Alexandra Unguranu and Cipri Popescu. It is one of the one and a half thousand versions of a famous Romanian ballad, Miorica, this specific version coming from Transylvania. Oh, God. 
Next in our music segment comes the folk singer-songwriter Dan Mantula, who turned 55 in December, but who is more active than ever. Listen to Be a Better Santa Yourself, written by Dan Mantula and performed jointly with the Happy Kids Choir from Buzo. We wrap up today with a special piece brought to Radio Romania International by the band Mustang, based in Orada in the northwest of the country, and its frontman Ioan Flora. It is a Christmas carol rooted in the authentic folklore of Bihor County, blended with the high-quality rock vibes of the band Mustang. Doi venim cu 
Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. Listener's Letterbox. Hello friends, welcome to the last edition in our mailbag series in 2023. I'm Vlad Palku. Today we are looking back at the year that will end this Sunday, of course with a focus on the community of RRI listeners. 2023 was yet another year ridden with all sorts of challenges, from armed conflicts, energy crisis, soaring inflation and price hikes, food insecurity and extreme weather phenomena. The world is changing every day, and we've tried to be there to document and present the latest developments to the best of our ability in our programs. While navigating all these challenges, our focus was to also reflect your response to our programs by presenting some of the comments and suggestions we've received over the year in a listener's letterbox. And, since many of you are DX diehards, With a long history of shortwave listening, we've also outlined some of the technical feedback we got in our other series, DX Mailbag. So without further ado, let's dive into today's program and look back at the highlights of 2023. Starting January, I discovered a large number of messages dating as far back as 2020, neatly hidden away in some of our drawers. Since I realized these messages had remained unanswered, I picked them up one by one and arranged for any overdue QSLs to be mailed. The majority have already arrived, but as always, some get lost, as is very common with a post these days. So let me take this opportunity to ask everyone who still hasn't received QSLs for the period 2020-2022 to resend their reports for any missing QSLs, and we'll try to post them as soon as possible. It was also in January that I started posting regular updates in Listener's Corner, which by now is a section followed by many listeners who follow us online. These roundups not only provide you with some of the most interesting messages that we receive, but they also include screenshots of DRM or regular reception, various pictures taken by you, greeting cards, snapshots of technical equipment, as well as some of the materials that arrive at our office via a regular post, such as postcards, custom-made reception reports, but also local leaflets and brochures. We are very grateful to everyone who takes the time to send us these pictures, and we will continue to share them with our community of listeners. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Speaking of messages that arrive via snail mail, let me thank all listeners who continue to write to us the traditional way, so to speak. The list is quite long, but suffice it to say we are happy it is not closed. Every month we get a couple of new listeners, some very young, who choose to send handwritten reports to our station. To all of you we say thank you, your efforts are greatly appreciated. Your names will continue to be featured in monthly mail roundups. The highlight of February was, of course, World Radio Day, 
and this year's theme set by UNESCO, Radio and Peace, clearly strung a chord with so many of you who sent contributions to our traditional survey. We got many messages of support on this occasion, our listeners encouraging us to stay on shortwave and continue our mission of public broadcasters. And of course, to mark World Radio Day, Radio Romania International was also invited to attend a special program broadcast by Radio Prague International in cooperation with Polskie Radio, CBC Canada and Swiss Info. Talking a little bit about technical feedback, in DX Mailbag we usually discuss things such as frequency changes, adjustments, solar storms and other things affecting overall reception quality. We are always eager to know what our broadcasts sound like in your area. Many of you are already setting reception samples, which are not just a great way of verifying if the information is accurate, but it also provides us with fresh insight into how much noise, fading, interference or propagation is reported on a given frequency. So, we encourage everyone who encloses audio samples to continue to do that in the future as well. We assure you we listen to every clip and relay all important messages to our technical staff. The month of March was marked by the traditional switch to daylight savings time, on which occasion we also operated a number of changes to our frequencies. We've provided updates about these changes both on air and online in listeners' corner posts. As always, we got a huge number of requests from listeners asking us to mail them frequency and program lists. Unfortunately, we no longer print custom-made schedules, nor do we purchase stickers, pennants, badges, pencils and other materials so many listeners persistently ask for. So instead, we've sent you digital copies of our frequency and program schedules, which also arrived in high-quality format in early November. In April, we got the first responses to our use of text-to-speech generator software. And I have to say, not all were great. Many of you have opposed this idea, arguing that nothing can replace the warmth of the human voice. And while we agree, we must say, our use of AI technologies is simply designed to make our jobs easier with repetitive announcements, thus giving us more time to focus on producing quality programs for you. And this is not unlike what public broadcasters are doing pretty much everywhere these days. We will continue to look into innovative solutions that help us carry out our mission. May was a very eventful month, as always. RI was invited to take part in the annual meeting of the Swedish DX Federation, so I took the opportunity to give a presentation on our activity and programs. It was also very nice to actually meet some of our listeners. Also in May, I launched a call for contributions to a new online series, Listeners of RI, which we are publishing on a weekly basis in Listener's Corner. Here, any listener is welcome to share his information with our community. Apparently, the initiative was a success, and many of our listeners have started following this segment to know some of the other listeners. So, you're always welcome to contribute. Find out all the details in the Listener's Corner section on our webpage. 
The summer months were pretty much uneventful, although late August came with some piece of bad news. Two of our transmitters got discontinued, and our broadcasts to Asia were particularly affected. Due to the high maintenance costs, the two transmitters currently remain offline. Once the budget for 2024 is approved, we hope they will be brought back online shortly. We got a tremendous amount of support from you guys, for which we are very grateful. It shows shortwave listening is very much alive, being a reliable source of information to listeners worldwide. The end of the year was marked by our traditional Listener's Day special program aired in November, this year devoted to climate change and based entirely on contributions sent by you. Late October also marked the start of the B23 broadcast season, with a few frequency changes also impacting our broadcasts to India. We are very grateful to everyone who monitored these frequencies and sent valuable reports. And as always, we launched our traditional end-of-year survey devoted to the personality of the year, which will be announced on January the 1st, 2024. And now to end this program on behalf of the entire English service team at Radio Romania International, we wish you Happy New Year and good reception conditions in 2024. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Palku. In Simply Folk today we will play for you a dance tune performed by Victorica Lăcătușu, a popular folk vocalist from Gorj County. Let's have a listen. Să se facă fura roată, fura roată 
and with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 11630 kHz in the DRM system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 21470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.